In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who brings us news, both good and bad, but especially good. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's getting to be the dog days of summer, and one of the things that happens when you are a pastor on social media in the midst of the dog days of summer is that you get to see a whole bunch of those time hop or memory posts that come up on people's different social media feeds that are also other pastors, because the summer is usually the time in which pastors get ordained into the office of the holy ministry. In fact, uh, my ordination comes in July. And so I've been seeing a whole bunch of these ordination anniversary pictures of guys that I graduated with that look a lot older than what they look like in their ordination pictures. Because just like the presidency, this office has its effect on your body. Or maybe it's just the years. Either way, there is uh, there, there's a lot of those pictures that are being posted, and those pictures that are being posted are interesting to me in terms of this Sunday's reading, because one of the things that new pastors really want to do is they really want to get down to preaching. And so I think it is probably a cruel joke on the part of the people that put together the lectionary that during the time when a whole lot of people are being ordained and are starting to preach for the first time that you get real dogs for lectionary readings. I mean, honestly, does anybody want to preach this week's sermon for me? It's a tough week to preach. It's a tough week to be a preacher. Normally, the preaching task is one of the tasks in this job that I really actually kind of enjoy. I enjoy reading the text. I enjoy reading about the text. I enjoy learning about the message that is behind the text. And I I enjoy finding ways that are perhaps winsome and and are uh, contextualized and are filled with the gospel in order to share with all sorts of people. But the reality about this week's lessons is that Man, oh man, are they hard to preach. They're a great time to take a vacation if you're a pastor and you've got somebody else that can fill in for you. I mean, you look through these these readings, you start off with this reading from Jeremiah. And this reading from Jeremiah, which in effect... Jeremiah is saying that the normal position of a prophet is to deliver bad news to you. He says, well, if you're prophesying peace, that's something that we have to look at kind of suspect because all of the prophets that came before have prophesied bad news. And so if you're prophesying peace, Hananiah, well, that means that you must have something really special. 
And the psalm is, is also kind of that way. The psalm that cries out to God in the same way that a defendant cries out to his attorney. Saying, use your rules in order to defend me, O Lord. Use the rules. Somehow bring them together in such a way that I am defended against all of my enemies. That's what's going on in the psalm. The psalmist is saying, I have enemies and I need somebody else to manipulate these rules in some way that it turns out in my favor. And then we have that reading from Romans. That Romans reading that normally when we think about Romans, we think about this this text that has everything to do with the gospel. And here it has everything to do with the law and sin and how we cannot look to the law and out of the law arrive at something where we are defended. But rather, every time that we look at the law, we see our own sin and we see our death And then we move in to the gospel and you think, okay, I'm going into the gospel and Jesus will make this all okay. And you get to the gospel and it starts off with Jesus saying, I have not come to bring peace. And you hang your head and you go, it's all bad news. If even Jesus is saying, I haven't come to bring you peace, then it's bad news. Even the end of this reading, where it sort of picks up a little bit as Jesus is talking to his disciples about who will receive rewards, you have to realize that the people that he is directly addressing, his disciples, who he is sending out in order to be missionaries in the towns of Judea and around Jerusalem, that He's saying, the good news is actually not for you. The the good news in, in this text is that if somebody receives your words, if somebody receives you, they will not lose their reward. In fact, they will get the reward of a prophet. They will get the reward of a righteous person. But you, well, you get a cup of cold water. Peter and Andrew and Bartholomew and all of you, all of you folks, you get cold water. Everybody else, they, they get the, the reward of a prophet. And we look at these readings and the tough thing about being a preacher is that you're tied to these readings. And sometimes we get around that. Sometimes we get around that and we, you know, we kind of do this ADHD thing where we say, hey, look at that squirrel and we tell you about some specific Greek word or some specific Hebrew word. And maybe that brings up enough time in the sermon that we kind of kill enough time that we don't really have to engage with the bad news. But there is bad news here. There's bad news in Christianity. And we can't just kind of swerve away from that. In fact, the psalmist tells us that that is what the unrighteous do. They, they swerve away from, from God's testimonies. But rather that we, we, we barrel on into the law. We barrel on into the bad news of Christianity, and there, there is some bad news in Christianity, folks. 
there's in fact a lot of things that you can look at that could be considered to be bad news. Uh, some of that bad news is, is that there is a real danger of the people that you love and the people around you going to a place of eternal damnation. And that's bad news. And, and it's not bad news that we can swerve away from. Here in, in Tallahassee, we, we've been hearing in the news reports that there are cars that are lined up for blocks upon blocks upon blocks in order to receive some news about a test that they can take, about a test that they can take, about seeing if, if they have the virus, if, if they were one of the people that was one, at one of the bars or at one of the offices where somebody had the virus, and, well, maybe they got it. And, and the people that are, are running those things, you know, it, it's not like they can get somebody who has the virus and, and go to them and say, well... Everything looks fine. Instead, their job is to give you the true diagnosis. And the true diagnosis for our reality is that not only do we have bad news for the world, but we have bad news for us. We have bad news where we look at ourselves using the diagnostic tool of the law and we say I can't get around this I'm a sinner I need help I need somebody to bring me something that I, I don't have I need somebody to bring me salvation. I need somebody to bring me some good news. And that's the beauty of the gospel, is that the gospel is not a diagnostic. And that's the difference between the law and the gospel. The law is the diagnostic. You need the diagnostic to know what you need in terms of medication. You can't just take medication willy-nilly because you don't know what to treat, but you need the diagnostic first to know what to treat, and so you know what to treat. That's, in fact, part of the reason that we get together on a Sunday morning and we take a little bit of time out of our lives to sit and to think, what do I need? Where have I sinned? Where have I fallen short of the glory of God? And to that then, as the law does its diagnostic work on our lives, Jesus comes in. And Jesus does something that is amazing. Jesus does something that, that even Jeremiah tells us that we should be watching out for. So uh, what's happening in that Jeremiah reading, as Ian began to tell us, is that there is a, a bit of a, an argument that's happening during the time that they're, they're, Israel's in a bad place, their king has been taken away, and, uh, and this prophet Hananiah, this prophet who, he, he wants to give everybody good news, even though uh, everything looks like bad news right now. 
And he says, oh, no, sure, God is going to bring back our king. Uh, to which then Jeremiah says, no, 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 no. Uh, we're prophets. Our job is to deliver doom and gloom. Our job is to deliver bad news. Our job is to be diagnosticians and say, there is something wrong here. But if there is a prophet who prophesies peace, then we know that the Lord has truly sent that prophet. And so watch out for that prophet, that prophet who prophesies peace. And the good news is that we know that prophet. That when Jesus is sending his disciples out, that he's sending them out and he's saying, I haven't come to bring peace, but a sword at that point. But that there is a peace to be found in just a few years from that point as Jesus stretches out upon a cross crucified for the sins of mankind, crucified for what ails us. He looks at the diagnosis and he delivers the medicine. The medicine of God's peace delivered to us in his dying, dead, and buried son, who then rises again to show us that there is peace with God, that there is new life, that there is an existence that lives outside of the law and that existence that lives outside of the law is the existence that we get to live into as people who don't live in the law anymore, but rather we live in Christ. That is the good news of God's peace is that you are dead, but you're alive. In Jesus Christ. And that good news, that good news goes beyond any bad news in your world. So may you this week speak the truth of God's reality into your world, and sometimes that's going to be bad news. But may you not forget to speak the truth of God's peace given to you in Christ. Speak of that to others and speak it to yourself. Amen.